Hello and welcome back to the Clark and Miller English podcast. And if it's your first time listening, then just welcome. Welcome, welcome here. It's good to have you here. Right, so yeah, today um, I have an interesting conversation that I had with Shanti Kumaraswamy Street. Uh, she's an, a communication, a business communication um, trainer, and she can she helps out people from all over the world get better at communicating in business settings. Now, this is an interesting podcast because sometimes, if you know the Clark and Miller English podcast, we have blue ones and we have red ones. Blue ones are especially for students, and red ones are kind of more for teachers or just for people interested in linguistics. And、uh, I have to be honest, I wasn't sure which color to make this one because in my conversation with Shanti, a lot of interesting things came up. Things that would be interesting for people who are learning English, especially for English in business settings, and also for people who teach English and people who want to teach、uh, business English or have to teach business English, whatever that is. So.、Um, I think one of the nice things about this podcast is that it's very useful. I hope for both people who are learning English and people who are teaching English, and we can bring these worlds together. There's no reason why, if you're learning English, you shouldn't、um, understand how how your teachers think and how 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 teaching works, because that can help you learn more and learn better and learn faster. And、um, as an English teacher. It, it, there's no reason why you shouldn't listen to stuff that is really helpful for students, because then you can find some excellent ways of making things helpful for students yourself. So, in the spirit of that, I think today is an unofficial purple episode.、Um, I think this episode is especially useful. If you need English for work and business settings, you need to use English on a regular basis in sort of corporate business environments, and you need to know what's useful and what isn't. And I think if you listen to the conversation today, you'll be quite surprised by what is useful and what isn't useful. Also, if you're an English teacher like me, and you really hate teaching business English like me. Then this is going to be very useful for you because I talk to Shanti from a position of someone who really dislikes the world of business English a lot, and I learnt so much, and I actually feel a lot more comfortable about that world、um, having talked to Shanti. So you'll probably find loads of really cool tips、uh, from this conversation. I'm not going to keep you any longer. Let's get straight into、uh, this conversation that I have with Shanti,、um, and I guess. The, the the whole thing of this、uh, conversation is: Does business in- English exist? What is it? What is the point of it? And how can we、uh, improve our communications, either in business settings or just generally as well? You'll be surprised how much these two worlds come together. So yeah, without any further ado, let's get going, and、uh, I'll talk to you again at the end. Right,、uh, let's get going. I'm here with Shanti Kumaraswamy Street, 
uh, who, well, I, I won't say anything. I will let her introduce herself. So yeah, Shanti, welcome, welcome on board. Good to have Thank you here. Thank you so much. Lovely to be here. It's great to have you here. Really, it is. And um, could you introduce yourself? Tell us all about you and everything you do. Right. Okay. Oh, wow. Okay. How long do you have? Um, okay. Yes. Shanti Kumar is on my street. I am a business English coach or business English teacher, whatever you want to call me. Um, I am based in the UK and I work with business professionals. Um, business, being a coach is a new career. Well, maybe not really. I started mm-hmm. in 2010. Prior to that, I worked in the world of finance for 20 years um, and always based in the UK. So just give me, give you a background. So I grew up in Malaysia mm-hmm. in Italy. I'm half Malaysian, half Italian. And I came to university here in the UK in 85, just shows how old I am. <laughs> and after that, I, I went into the world of finance for about 20 years and then retrained as a English teacher, first and foremost in 2010 Went down the traditional route, as it were, you know, sort of um, working with schools. And I also did immersion programs. So I had, I was a host tutor here and went on to the online scene around about 2013 when I started my blog and my mini business called English with a Twist. And since then, I've built up my online presence, really, um, in terms of developing my own clients um working one to one with clients online offering online programs and many mini workshops and i've also developed my social media presence mm-hmm. so mm. well yes i mean you have you have a a a blog yes with english with a twist but you you were saying that you're a coach as well so what kind of people come to you and what kind of services do they um, do they get is, is a business focused um, coaching and lang- is it language focused and business focused or do you focus more on the business or more on the language or everything? Well, you know, it always starts with the English because if you see my website, it, it says I'm a business English coach and I know you have different, <laughs> you have lots of interesting thoughts, uh, Gabriel on that. We'll get to that. Uh, yes. Um, <laughs> So they start business professionals. So I I focus on them. So people who are using English in their working life. And the first, really, they come first and foremost because of their English. Mm -hmm. So, you know, they they come in as they're wanting an English language teacher. So, you know, that's where I started. And so they'd come. And the reason it went down business was... I was more interested in working with professionals as opposed to university students, you know, pre-university students, children, or people wanting English for to go on holiday. You know, I didn't want that sort of holiday English and all that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to use my background in business to work with like-minded people. Mm-hmm. Okay. So they come with me to me first for language rather than maybe business communication. Mm -hmm. But they all need their 
uh, English for business, for working in the business world. Yes. Yeah, I see. Cool. All right, cool. So yeah, um, so you, you run your blog, which is, is doing very well, right? It's quite a successful blog. Is that it a fair is. comment? Yeah, it yeah. is. Thank and you. And that's englishwithatwist.com, am I correct? Yes, yes. All one word. Yes. English with a twist. I like the name as well. Um, how did you come up with that one? It's really, well, it's really unique. Even, well, I mean, now it still is, but even back in 2013, it would have would have been a unique one. Yeah. Oh, well, I started off the blog with the title, Your World is Your Oyster. Mm-hmm. Then gradually people said to me, well, if this is aimed for international speakers of English, that idiom will not, you know, that won't make sense necessarily. And it's yeah. not, in, you know, it doesn't, people will be wondering what on earth is this blog about. It could be so about I, anything, right? Exactly. Mm-hmm. So I changed it to English with a twist. And why the twist? Um, you know, the twist in English is always with this, with a difference, you know, that mm-hmm. if, if we look at it in terms of the meaning. So I just wanted to offer, yeah, English, but offering something different, not as, as you would expect. Cool. Yeah. No, it's a great name. It, it does that. It gives you that impression straight away. Yeah. Nice one. Um, yeah, great. Okay. So, uh, we've got an idea about who you are and what you do. And yeah, today we're going to um, be talking about something that for me is actually strangely controversial, I suppose, because of my, uh, I don't know, how can I put this, my background, my feelings, my perception or misperception or misconception rather of the world of business English. Nothing sends shivers up my spine more than uh, somebody telling me I have to go and do a business English class. Um, right. And I yeah. wonder why. Well, what, what is it that comes into your mind when that well, happens? I don't know, because I've been trying to figure this out quite a lot recently. A lot of, a, a, a lot of work has sort of, um, I've been getting involved in quite a few different things recently, work-wise, you know, with interviews and, and seminars and stuff like that. And this, this, is, this business English thing is come, coming back to haunt me. And so I felt like, okay, let's deal with this. Let's tackle this thing head on. Um, so yeah, no, I, I, I started exploring. And I, I think a lot of the reasons that I don't like business English is simply because it's not a world I, I've ever been involved in. Mm-hmm. So I find it alien and alienating. Um, alienating. It's a personal thing. I think it's an un, a lot of it's unreasonable. It's just a, a sort of uh, reaction about against something I don't understand so much, perhaps. But we're going quite deep here. We'll, we'll get back to that. Um, but let me let me hit you with the first question, if that's all right. Sure. Okay. It's uh, I see sort of a kind of spectrum, um, and we've got. ESP on one end. So ESP is English for specific purposes where, you know, you're, somebody needs to just be able to be a nurse in an international hospital and you just teach them a script for every situation they'll need, more or less. Simplified, but essentially that's it. So in its extreme form, the student doesn't really need to use English as a language at all, like not as a communicative living thing. Um, yeah. th- they need something that will stop them crashing planes or or help them take blood and 
they tend to just really have a script, not really a sort of functional knowledge of the language. Um, but then you've got the business world. And the business world is kind of the opposite because you need to use the full spectrum of language. You need to be able to communicate like naturally and spont- spontaneously and all this sort of stuff. So I'm not sure how helpful this spectrum is, but I think with this, the business English world or using English in a business setting, shall we say, mm. I still don't see a big difference between that and general English. So for me, using the language on a full spectrum of, of communication and emotional uh, uh, sort of expressing yourself emotionally and, and, and dealing with complicated situations like negotiating meaning and whatever, all the many things that a language can do. What makes it businessy, I, I suppose, is my question. Yeah, good question. Mm-hmm. And I was thank you for the question because I was thinking about this. Uh-huh. And I think it's, you know, when I started, I said, oh, I want to go into, the, you know, specialize more in the business English. And yes, that was that whole, but for me, it wasn't, there wasn't anything specific about, oh, there's a type of language, a type mm-hmm. of business English, mm-hmm. you know, because my idea when, when we talk about business language, we would often be talking about buzzwords and jargon that as you, you know, as we all know, a lot of our clients will already be aware of that because depending on different industries, then you have all that sort of specific speak, whether it's mm-hmm. legal speak, finance speak, mm-hmm. you know, all that. But for me, I think, yeah, I, you're right. There isn't really, if we think about it, a difference between general English and business English. I think it comes down to what is the purpose. Mm-hmm of that piece of communication. Mm-hmm. And there is a difference in my mind between business communication and general communication. Okay, let's, let's narrow down to that then. Okay, so, mm-hmm. so we're, we're, we're temporarily abandoning terms like business English and general English, but business communication and general communication. Let's, mm-hmm. Okay, so yeah, what do you see as a the difference there? Yeah, so for me, the first thing I've always done is take the language out. I've ah. discovered to, to just remove the language. Okay. The language is just a tool. This is at the beginning, because at the beginning I used to be exactly that, oh, we'll do the business English stuff. Mm-hmm. But it is about communication. What's the difference between general and business? In my mind and to where I see it with my clients is business communication has a very clear focus. It has an outcome. Okay. You have a very clear outcome and take, for example, a meeting or presentation in a meeting. There is a specific goal in that presentation. Mm -hmm. There is something you want your audience to do, whether it's just absorbing information, whether there is a call to action, you know, in terms of you want them to sign that contract, you want them to accept your proposal. Mm -hmm. So there's a very real Um, objective that you want to achieve you don't really have time to spend years trying to understand how to order a coffee there's I I don't care about ordering that coffee I don't need that I need to be very clear about my message Mm -hmm. the outcome I want Mm -hmm. and to be very clear on how I'm going to communicate that in a way that my audience understands and are clear as to what I want them to do. Okay. 
That's the difference I, I over the years discovered because most clients come to you and then they'll say, you know, it's my English. Mm-hmm. But I soon discovered it has nothing to do with the English. Ah. It was to do with that they really hadn't thought about how they were communicating. Communication strategies were, yeah. were more important than, I know, grammar, for example. Absolutely, because mm-hmm. how are you communicating that meeting? How are you communicating? You know, people would sort of say, oh, you know, I really don't know how to handle questions. You know, I need more vocabulary, you know, because I, I go blank. And, and so I try and break it down with them. And, I, you know, I look at, okay, so how do you do this already in your own language? How do you communicate? You know, you're managing a team, for example. If we look at leadership skills, and I think that's where we're talking about business communication. It's about how do you motivate your team? How mm-hmm. do you lead your team? How do you um, communicate with your clients? How do you build relationships with your clients? How do you manage an international team? There's so much more in business communication than what we perceive as general communication, which is what people will say to you, I want to manage my small talk or I want Mm -hmm. to manage, you know, yeah, great. But you're not going to lose business if you don't quite manage your small talk. But if you're in the middle of a contract negotiation, we have to be crystal clear as to what you want to achieve. So it sounds to me that, yeah, like you said, you took the language out of it because and also the way you describe many of your clients is that their, their level is quite decent like they're, they're competent language learners but they're they're lacking something else that isn't really a language based thing but more more of a sort of should just call it a soft skill or i don't know if that's a, the best word for it because it's mm. quite it's quite i'm getting sidetracked that's quite a, a sort of ambiguous and potentially misleading term soft skills I'm not sure i know some, I like sometimes it. you feel it's almost not not that important it tends to be well we we kind of it's a nice to have mm. but not a must have when actually like, i think it's a crucial skill it's like um, a core one yeah yeah but here's the thing i mean I, I yes the clients my ideal clients if we can call them that are people mm-hmm. who are very um who use english every day very regularly and so comfortable with the language, I, I, I'm not necessarily talking about advanced speakers. Not all of them are. Mm-hmm. So often they come and, you know, and they weren't necessarily, well, clearly confident speakers. And sure, they made mistakes or they couldn't quite find the words that they want. And yes, they could build a vocabulary. Mm-hmm. So they come in. But what I started realizing, you know, they come and they all do this, right? Oh, I want to speak like a native speaker. I want to speak faster. I want to speak without pausing. I want to, I want to. Then I break it down. I go, I'd ask them, let's look at your business reality. Please talk me through what is happening in your working life. Who are you dealing with and who are you using English with? Eventually, then they'd start telling me, and the majority of them are using English with other international speakers of English. Uh-huh. Okay. This is an interesting area in and of itself. But what does this, yeah, go on. What does it mean to your, for, your, for, your, for your guys? So as I'm talking to them, mm-hmm. 
They would have, yes. I'm, I'm, you know, dealing with my Chinese suppliers. I'm dealing with uh, my Indian call centers, or you know, whatever. Or it ha- so I'd say, okay, typically in your meeting, your conference call, you know, well, who are the participants? Where are they from? Mm-hmm. It had Turkey, Sweden, Italians, France, Germany. I think okay, and what's their level of English? How 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 does that go? Well, you know, typically you'd have your Scandinavians had higher level of English. Um, your Middle Eastern speakers would have less English. You know, there's, I'm not stereotyping, but typically mm-hmm. based on, you know, their, so, okay, so how's it go? Mistakes? Oh, yes. Okay. And then I try and break it down and ask them, so who's easier to understand? Mm-hmm. What's going on? So, I, you know, as I probed, we worked out, so how, how does it go? Give me an example of a conference call. What's going on in there? Who do you understand better? Who you, now, why is it that you can understand them better? What is going on in there? Because they're making the mistakes. And okay. it wasn't, the mistakes were irrelevant for them. So, so why is it you understand them better? I had a particular client, and I loved, in fact, I ended up writing a blog post about it. She came oh, it's terrible, Shanti, I cannot manage this. And now she Mm -hmm. was one of the compliance directors in her country. So, you know, not just some little unimportant job. And they were working in a team. Now, the head of compliance for the entire international group was American. Everybody else, different areas of the world. Mm-hmm. So we're talking, she was just, my ma- my English is terrible, my you know, grammar is horrendous, I've got to get better. It's all my fault and it's all my fault. So when we broke it down, she gave me who it was. And then I asked her this question, so who is easier to understand? Mm-hmm. So she said, yes, so-and-so, the Polish person is fine, this person. So we broke it down. Why are they easy? Then she had a Swedish number two. Mm-hmm. The person she found the most difficult was the American. Right. I was, I was predicting that. <laughs> so we, we broke it down. And so I did ask her, I want you mm-hmm. to reflect. I want you to analyze this. So go away. I want you, these are the questions I want you to ask yourself. Then she came back and, she, and I said, okay, break it down. You have your Swedish number two, no problem. And your American problem. You know, it was always, let's mm-hmm. check the email she sends afterwards just to follow what, you know, she said. And I broke it down and he says, well, you know, what he does is he speaks a bit slower but he asks a lot of questions along the way to check whether we've all understood. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of communications, good communication skills that was coming. Whereas the American uh, boss, she was oblivious to the fact that she had mm-hmm. an international speaking team. She would just talk. And she, she wouldn't grade her language. Mm-hmm. No, not grade but more importantly, she wouldn't even pause to check if everyone was following her. Now, considering you're in a conference call, so there's absolutely no way, you know, this is before virtual meetings or before mm-hmm. COVID-19. So you're in a situation where nobody can see each other. So you already have the tech issues. Then you're not pausing. You're not stopping to check if someone is understanding or if they're following you. You're not asking for their opinion. Whereas she found that the Swedish um, boss was doing that. So they found mm-hmm. it easier because it was breaking things up. Yeah. So by the end of our program together, she was here with me for about a week. Mm-hmm. She realized it had nothing to do with her English. It was the communication styles between the different speakers. 
And that's why the more, and, and she's not just one example. Time and time again, I kept yeah. having the clients who had the same issues. And re- lots of research backs this up as well, because... Um, all the I got I got really into lingua franca English um, when I when I was doing my masters and yeah it's amazing that not only that the native speakers are the least easy to well had the lowest communication skills when they were speaking to non-native speakers but even studies showing um, native speaker like communication skills with other native speakers was lower than people speaking English as a second language with each other. So, yeah, this, and, and, none of this surprises me. Yeah. I mean, it, it was just interesting. I'm interested in your research. So what we, so they discovered mm-hmm. that, yeah. And Not why did research. they think is, it was? Yeah. Oh, okay, no, but research you... Research I checked. <laughs> I, I saw. <laughs> yeah. And did they, was there a reason they gave? I mean, was there... Well, actually, interestingly, um, yeah, this has totally been analysed. Um, the very things that you were just saying. So it's about sort of bridging strategies and um, reiterating things, saying things again. So what were there? There were things like saying, repeating something, but in, in different words. So you know, reformulating something, asking, exactly as you said, asking if the person has been following, asking if the person has understood what they've been saying. And also from the other side, um, double checking that the per- they have themselves understood what the other person is saying. Um, lots of this sort of stuff going on. Like mm-hmm. native speakers don't really do that. And certainly not with other native speakers, not as much as perhaps mm-hmm. they should. Um, so th- this is the, yeah, these, that's the answer. Exactly the things you, you've observed. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you do you really think it's just I don't think it's necessarily just the English native speaker. I think all of us are like that. Well, this is yeah, the studies only covered English native speakers. Yeah. But... but I remember I had another client here, um, German. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't have a high level of English. Mm-hmm. But we were talking about this because eventually they were going to he had a small international team, but you know, for years, and this is an- another situation I found with a lot of my clients of a particular age, for years they've only had to, to work with their own language and suddenly now with globalization, mm-hmm. mergers, they're ending up suddenly in a team of international speakers and they panic. This particular client, and it was really interesting to also understand his work because he was uh, uh, very strong in the trade union movement oh, in, cool. in, with the, with the work, work committees in big companies in, in, in Germany. And fascinating. Now, he explained all this stuff to me in English, you know. So when, when they tell me, oh, I, my English is bad, I'm thinking, right. well, you're just describing a lot of very intricate stuff that for me, it's new and you're, you're able to do that. Mm-hmm. But we talked about this communication. And, and then I asked him at one point, I said, okay, how do you do this? How do you manage your meetings in German? Do you, do you pause to check whether your team are following you? And as he started thinking, he goes, you know what? I, no, I don't. I've never paused. I just assume they're following me. Mm-hmm. So I said, you know, it's interesting because the more I've worked with my clients, the more they, we realize together that this does transcend language. Often mm-hmm. they have realized that they're not a, such strong communicators in their own language. But, they, but that's because most of us, limit the idea of communication to speaking. Mm-hmm. If we're good speakers, we're 
eloquent, we use all these fabulous words, then we're good communicators. But no, communication goes no. beyond that. No. I think as teachers, I, I, I certainly have, I, I'm sure you have too, that after teaching for a while, you start discovering the, sim- the, the power of simplicity in, in communication. And because, you know, when you're dealing, you're talking to people with all sorts of different levels of English, you, you have to start grading, you have to be able to express yourself more clearly. And you start developing these skills in your own language. And then whenever I go, go back home to England, like I'm always, I, 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 I start standing out as somebody who can actually express themselves very, very clearly um, just because I'm so used to doing this and this sim- being able to sort of express things simply and directly. So I think you're right. And maybe it's just a human thing when it's your first language and you're not thinking about it. If the other people in the room are also speaking your first language, you maybe just assume an automatic telepathic sort of thing happening. Yeah. Yeah. I think also the biggest thing, um, which Hmm. is we don't listen enough. Yeah. Yeah. And, When we talk about business communication, going back to our original business communication, the Mm -hmm. the huge part is listening, particularly if you're thinking about leadership, managing teams. Mm -hmm. If you're going to be a good leader and a motivational leader, you need to learn to listen. You need to give your team the time to reflect and participate. Um, I mean, I I ran a little um, during the COVID nineteen. I with my email community, my email list. I ran a series of what I call Corona free chats. And one of the the topics we did in one of um, it was leadership. Mm-hmm. So my you know I had some reflection prompts, and then they came back, and you know based on their experiences with leaders, you know thinking you know who who do you admire the most and who, you know, sort of, you know, who's been your mentor. And it always came back time and time again, the the leaders who listened, Mm -hmm. the leaders who weren't immediately the first to start giving you their opinion. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you think about it also in our normal day to day, right, you know, you'll say something and the person just jumps in and starts talking and you think, could you just let me speak? And particularly when, we're dealing with international speakers who are, we're all nervous. Mm-hmm. We're all trying to figure this out ourselves. You know, gosh, I'm not able to express myself. How do I do this? You know, so how do you give each other the time? And for me, the biggest thing now I've learned, because I'm, I'm the same, and, and I think it's a work in progress with all of us to Learn to pause. If you're going to ask a question, mm-hmm. pause and give that person time, but not be afraid of those pauses. You know, I don't know about you. I'm sure you have. Oh, I want to speak without pausing. I said, well, really fantastic. So that's only serving your purpose. Mm-hmm. Right? In that meeting, who are you? Just You are just the one talking or do you want the people to actually be listening? Yeah. So give them the time to absorb what you're saying and give yourself all this of the time. You know, so you, you suddenly lose 
your train of thought. Pause. Mm-hmm. It, it might be that you just suddenly got distracted. It's not maybe to do with your English. You know, think about in your own environment, what yeah. would happen? Yeah, this happens to, to everyone, the best of us. Yeah. And, okay, so, I mean, we've got these really, really, like, really useful um, pieces of advice. Things like, you know, make sure other people are understand, uh, like, have followed you, confirm that you've understood, reformulate things if somebody doesn't understand. All these bridging strategies, plus um, the very underrated and valuable um, advice of listening and pausing, because that that's golden too. But you know what I'm going to say, right? This mm. is also general communication too. This is all useful stuff for, for your own life, not just uh, in, in the business context. So I still ask the question, where's the difference? <laughs> there isn't a... Well, as, mm. I, as I mentioned earlier, there isn't. If, you know, if we're mm. going to be... Okay, let's break it down to the okay. basics. Where okay. is the difference? Um, no, nothing. Mm-hmm. No real difference. I think it's 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 it comes down in my mind to the importance and the the necessity in certain contexts. And I think in a, in a business context, particularly if there are, there are people who are working with English, and to be honest, the biggest part of the 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 biggest portion of when they use English, well, certainly with my clients, is when they're working, as opposed to necessarily having the socializing outside work. Mm -hmm. So the main part for them is at work. So for me, the focus is first develop that area that you need to develop Mm -hmm. in order to get a job done. So could it be more less in the general picture, but more in the, the type of activities you actually do? So instead of simulating, um, I don't know, like trying to convince your auntie to come with you on holiday, um, you're simulating um, like trying to like nail a contract in the business environment. So the, the strategies can be universal, but the the sort of practices, the, the the exercises to learn those strategies are set in different contexts. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it's the, the the practical application. You know, what what ha- what is a priority? Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe it's because I attract people who are coming and saying, "I need this for work." Because mm-hmm. the thing is, for me, the majority of people need English for work. Yeah, the, I don't know what your experience. Mine is very, you know. Nobody really learns English anymore because of the love of Shakespeare <laughs> and because they want yes. to come to, to Britain and enjoy the weather. And the red pillar boxes and the men in the top hats. Exactly. Yeah. The Bola. vast majority now in the global world need English to get that job, to get that promotion, to manage suddenly a merger. Mm-hmm. You know, that is what they need. They don't... People come to me, yes, in the past, oh, you know, I want to be able to manage small talk. Okay. Yeah. I, yeah, I want to, I want to jump on that because we, you brought it up earlier as well. And obviously this does change from, from different teaching contexts to different teaching contexts. Um, and I think this might be a big difference between your students and my students because 
My students tend to be, um, I'm thinking of a particular, one particular place I work, um, they tend to be given the, the lessons by HR um, and that uh, the, um, the deal is that they do this business English syllabus. So I did actually some research and I checked out all the needs analysis of my students um, over the years, over the last four years. And I found that something like 83% wanted not just business English. And you, you were talking about the students who come to you saying, um, I can do all the stuff at work, but I, I'm drowning when it comes to the social afterwards. And I know that like, you're right, like priorities are very important and, you know, the main purpose of their, their learning English is to do things like, you know, sort the merger deal out or, or whatever it is. But isn't this business relationship stuff, like the social side of things? Because I, I, a lot of business English course books have this one, like, lip service section to small talk and the rest is hard business. Um, but isn't, isn't all of this quite integrated? Like, you, you operate on a sort of professional but also on a social level when you're doing all this stuff and, and and in some cultures more than others like going down the pub or, or meeting in restaurants or, or having um you know just talking about your family and and uh discussing um you know issues you have with your car or whatever it is like all of this stuff can be quite valuable too and i know that there are different priorities and maybe we shouldn't even be separating these concepts but Mm. Yeah. Where, where do you stand with, with students who say, I'm fine with the business stuff. I do it all the time at work. I need to be able to like mm. do the social stuff. Mm. Mm. And maybe you don't get as many students. No, 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 no. Don't I get do. me wrong. Don't mm. get me wrong. I mean, when I say I've got my, my clients who come and, you know, maybe their first is the lack of confidence when they're presenting and things, but then inevitably if they are, then, um, they, they, of course, they're going to be inter- interacting with um, their, their colleagues or their clients in that social environment. Absolutely. So they'll come along. And I used to take a, this very prescriptive mm-hmm. uh, method, which is what we all learn at, you know, uh, when you're training. So you get that book out. You get that small talk bit and it's all got the, you know, all the sentences and gap fill exercises. And I used to do that because... Mm-hmm inexperienced and I was thinking oh yes you know this it, this was also a crutch for me because I didn't know what I was doing half the time and days, great yes. great and it was fine and but like we all know you complete these four yeah these exercise sheets and then you promptly forget all about them when you're in front of that moment and I really I struggled with that because I always thought well how can I help them how can I help them and here's the thing this is what recently I discovered was you know, I get that, oh, you know, the small talk, you know, I just, I, I need that English. And so now I, but then I, one day I sort of asked a few clients, I said, um, what do you like in small talk in your own language? I mean, how, do you like it? Do you enjoy it? And some of them were good. No, I, I, I don't. So, so, mm-hmm. so, so, okay, so how do you manage it? You know, the fact that, yeah, you, you have to, well, I'll ask one question and maybe I sit back and listen. So it was interesting because there's a one part. So if we take these two different parts, you're introverts. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. So they hate small talk. They just mm-hmm. hate it even in their own language. They'll run a mile. So I would sort of turn around and say to them, so why is it that you need to master small talk in English if it's the one thing you absolutely hate and you have strategies to avoid it when you're doing it in, in, in your own language? They go, good question. So I said, I mean, what I'm saying is, no, fine, you need to deal with it. But don't, don't castigate yourself because you are not this great small talker in English. Because if you're not in your own language, why put yourself under that enormous pressure? So let's work with what would you normally do? So what sort of topics are you interested in? And what are you curious about when you first meet a person? Mm -hmm. What do you want to find out about them? Mm -hmm. So they'd start telling me, I said, okay. So, and then we start talking with, I'm thinking, there you go. You've just asked me, you've explored. I said, okay, so we're interested in that topic. Where could you find out a bit more about it in order to then ask the questions you're interested in? So it's really, you know, taking it from them. You know, I think if it were me with small talk, what what am I interested about that person? Is it because when they come to us, they want us to feed them with all that language. Mm-hmm. And the, yeah, I, I can give you that course book and I can give you a whole bunch of stuff. Let's talk about, I don't know, um, football. Let's talk about, you know, the whole usual movies and, you know, what television. Pro- if that's extreme what you're interested. Sports. There's always like, extreme sports in that. I'm like, do you do any of that? No. no I'm like, so why that. are we having that conversation? <laughs> you know, so what, you know, so I, I tap in, I go, what are you curious about? Mm-hmm. What would you like to find out about that person? And, then just you only really have to ask a few questions and let them do the talking. At the end of the day, small talk is not about you. Yeah. It's about the other person. Yeah. So when you start opening, you know, learn a few open questions, get, sit back and listen to them. Then, okay. So, I mean, I know that they'll go, I don't think of the book, but does it really matter if if you are if you're motivated by your curiosity mm-hmm. if you don't have that perfect word or you can't find that perfect word who cares the fact that you're interested in that person you're showing that and you really want to know about them that should be the first motivator not the can i get that right word in english mm-hmm. yeah and that is what language is about it's not about learning a script it's not about learning words it's about it starts with the human interaction the language should follow from that so this is great this is really good advice to motivate people into learning a language in any way just focus exactly on what you need to do first and then just do that yeah be, i mean just be your natural self in terms mm. of you know, natural self it's so easy for me you know for us to say that but i just mm. think well what would you do what do you normally do that's the question i always ask what do you normally do well this is what i do okay so how could you apply that with the english you already have for to start off with to give you that confidence because the problem is that when we say well we want to add all this language you get yourself into a situation where you start panicking because you oh, you know, I remember that word and why is that word not coming up to my mind? And suddenly everything just collapses because you're too focused on that one word that you mm. learn. I mean, I, I have this sometimes in Italian. 
you know, I, I beat myself up because I'll think, oh, I can't remember that word, that, that great word I saw, and I really want to use it. And at that moment, I can't remember it. And does it matter if you then find some other word or come up with some other example? And Because as you say, as we both say, it's the social interaction that's important. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, I, I have a sort of strange image in my head because as, as you're describing this and images come to my head really easily as metaphors, I'm imagining like a big field of grass that needs to be cut. But like this, a lot of students do come to us, teachers, with this sort of um, preconception that they need to cut every single square inch of that entire giant field of grass when they don't. And when you were talking, I just sort of imagined this and you just drive the, you drive the lawnmower where you want. You want to go to that bit, you want that bit to be cut, then go to that bit. You want that bit to be cut and go to that bit, but only go to the bits that you need. Because if you try to mow that entire lawn, well, for a start, that's millions of words, which is just not going to happen. <laughs> and so much of it you don't need. You don't need to talk about um, NASA space training in English, probably. So why would you pick up all those phrases? Is, it, is, this, is this a fair sort of analysis of, of, of what you're getting at? Absolutely. I mean, I think uh-huh. you can't go against your own personality. This is my point. You know, sometimes mm-hmm. I think, well, so that's why I ask, I mean, how do you feel about small talk? Do you enjoy it? Or are you just doing it because you have to? Mm-hmm. So, okay, so if, you, if it's something that you just have to, what, a, what would you normally do? And how quickly do you give it before you walk away from that situation? Say you're at a conference, you're chatting over coffee. You know, there are going to be times also when you really cannot be bothered. You know, mm. come on, how many times have we sat there going, I just want quiet time, but you feel compelled. So in that situation, what do you do? The quick chit-chat, oh, yes, how are you thinking? What, what was that last conversation, you know, that last talk? And, oh, very interesting. Oh, I must go. I'm thinking, yeah, just do that. I mean, you know, you don't have to put under yourself under that pressure of, oh, I don't have English and that's why I'm not able to. Maybe it's because you cannot be bothered. You don't like the guy or the, you don't like the person or yeah. they're not even being yeah. responsive to you. And you're like, oh, really? I'm off. Forget you know? it then. <laughs> yeah, just, yeah. Just go. So I kind of, for me, it's almost when I talk to clients and, you know, they beat themselves up. It's just always criticizing themselves. They're so critical. And I think, relax. Because let's see, what about that moment when you had that? Or, you know, what happened? He goes, oh, yeah, yeah. And what would you do normally? I just walk away. Great. But just because it's in English doesn't mean you can't walk away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is, this is really valuable. I'm making some notes because there's some really good tips here. And I'm going to come back, come out with them at the end. Um, because, yeah, yeah. You make yourself reflect about what you, what you do in what you do as yourself in your first language. Yeah. Okay, cool. I'm going to, I'm going to bounce to the next question. If that's all right. Um, it's about course books, business English course books. Um, Perhaps this is one of the reasons why I, I became so petrified of, of, of business English as a concept and always ran for the hills every time somebody mentioned it. Um, yet some of them can be really irrelevant to the students' needs. Um, I'm thinking of one particularly guilty party, which I'm not going to mention, this course book, but you, you'll have a, a module on logistics and then you'll have a module on um, HR vocabulary, and then you have a module on um, IT. And it's like, unless you're a CEO 
or unless you're a general manager or unless you're in a startup and you have to jump between tasks and, and, and fields all the time, most people don't really need to know this stuff. I mean, it's useful, sure, but the, the, the IT guy doesn't need to know like obscure link, like logistics um, terminology, for example. So, I mean, the next step, the logical step for me there is it's like, okay, just give the logistics stuff to the logistics guys, the marketing stuff to the marketing guys, maybe a bit of finance there because there is a bit of a, a, a crossover, a cross interest, but generally speaking. But then what are you left with? You're left with a general English course with some supplemented business materials. So, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm obviously quite stubbornly clinging onto this idea of like, does business English exist? I guess, because it's a bit of a hot take. And I think you've actually already answered it quite well. But yeah, how do you, how do you deal with course books like that? And do you, and I mean, I guess you don't, do you work with course books? Um, no, or, I don't. Yeah, no. yeah. No. It feels, yeah, I can sense that. <laughs> are, you, are, you, are you used to, of course, you know, when you're mm-hmm. starting out and you do, and I'm, in fact, I think I know which books you're referring to, but I've got them. I've got <laughs> them all and they're all still here. I haven't looked at them in years. But at the beginning, yes, you, you, you need that support. But you're absolutely right. I mean, who, and, you know, to your earlier point, when you said about English for specific purposes, mm-hmm. if you're into logistics, they already have that language. If they're in mm-hmm. finance, they already have that language. But then to involve everyone, I mean, I suppose because I work one-to-one with people, I'm not in a classroom scenario. So if we're working in a group scenario, you know, they don't need, if they're all logistics people, they don't need it. It is, it comes down to communication. So I think think this whole general English business, I'd like to call it (laughs) communication, you know, communication skills. How do you communicate amongst yourselves? How do you... Because let's face it, many of us have found ourselves in meetings, business meetings, where you have a selection of different people from different departments. So you've got IT guy, you've got HR, you've got marketing, but they all have their different strands and they all are talking. But at the end of the day, you are having to communicate with all of them in a way that everyone understands, Mm -hmm. not leaving anyone out. So you're going to cut the jargon. You're going to cut out all that, that specific techie words. And even the IT guy will start coming out with his geeky words. You know, you kind of think, <laughs> well, excuse me, could you explain that to me? Because I really don't understand. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's learning how to talk generally. Yes, let's go back to general uh, English. But just generally, let's, let's talk the talk that everyone knows. Um, you know, when you look at, Okay, I never know how to pronounce this word. Etymologically, the word communication means to make common. Oh, I never thought about that. That's good. To make to make something common. Communication. Yeah, Yeah, of course. So why are we why are we um, complicating matters? Why do we have to give them all this sort of stuff that nobody will ever use? Nobody Mm. will ever remember as soon as they go back to the office. And it is, but I, for me, it's, okay, yeah. so you guys are from different, you're in a meeting, how are you guys going to communicate so that the person from IT can understand marketing or, and that he doesn't necessarily, you know, the marketing situation, what's going on with the company and how they're doing this, instead of switching off and checking his phone, because this is just so dull. I mean, I'm, I, the number of meetings I've been in where you think, oh, seriously, 
I don't want to be in this meeting. Mm-hmm. And because that's, that's people's reality. Then, you know, the umpteen meeting, so boring, such time wasters. And, okay, so how do you manage that? How do you manage so everyone understands? Mm-hmm. And, and anyone talks about what is relevant for all of them, not just this specific. So going back to your question about course mm-hmm. books, I do find them, I, I very, uh, you know, I used to do this diligently giving my clients, you know, where you have your course book, you have the article, and then you have the listening piece, and mm-hmm. then you have this, you know, so go through it. One, I ended up being so bored to tears myself. You know, mm-hmm. like, oh, seriously, life's too short. There's got to be better stuff. And they, yes, they diligently did that, but because they expected us as teachers to be doing this. Oh, my teacher's here. This is what's expected of me. They're just going to give me this and I'm going to do it. And then when you think about it, you think, they go back and I'm thinking, well, did that help? When they go back to the next meeting they go to or they're in front of their computer writing an email, did mm-hmm. that actually help all that stuff I gave them? And when you find, you know, when you talk to them in the end, no, it didn't. Because mm-hmm. finish the program, put all the stuff, their vocabulary sheets away, and they're done. You haven't given them anything that they can apply. I mean, I've spoken to some clients who, of course, like you said, HR gives them this tick-the-box English language program course because HR has to say that we, we offered our employees. Yeah. And they all yeah. turn up. Then they, they go and have one-to-one sessions. I go, so how's your group? It goes, waste of time. I'm not interested in learning about this bit. I need to learn about, you know, how I can apply you know, because it would become too generic. There's the mm-hmm. whole thing about it also can be too generic. And they go, well, I don't need, I don't need that bit. Or I don't mm-hmm. need so much grammar. I, I, you know, I'm not interested in that. And it was interesting because what they tried to do is one size fits all and, and, and you can't. Yeah, yeah, you can't do that. Yeah. That's, that's also the same with general English as well. Nobody needs extreme sports, <laughs> for example. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that's great. Um, so I think we're on the same page with the course books that I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to say it's potentially controversial statement, but the, the course books are guilty of business English and they should be practicing business communication. Mm. Not all the course books, the course books we, we have in mind. Yes. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think now we are moving towards what is business communication, like you mentioned, you know, international communication. Yeah. So it is now, what's our reality? And I think a lot of the course books that I said are a bit outdated and they tend Mm. to be right. As soon as textbook comes out, they're already slightly out of date. Yeah. Um, With regard to the reality of what's going on, you know, most people are dealing with other international speakers of English. They're not dealing with native speakers necessarily. Not all of them are. So how do you give them the coping strategies? And for me, that's what I'm doing. I'm Mm -hmm. giving them the coping strategies to manage those situations where they are going to find themselves, you know, in difficulty. So for example, I have some clients who go, you know, well, managing questions, you know, I've given the presentation, they're in control of that presentation, but then comes the questions and I panic. I don't understand their accent. I don't understand. And now this can be in general. Let's, you know, of course, mm-hmm. communication, but this is where my point is. I mean, if you've just given a key presentation and you need to manage the questions, then suddenly it gets a, a bit more serious for them. Mm-hmm. Um, so one of the things I, 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 I you know, I, I tried to say was, 
how about when you set the agenda or when you're sort of sending it to people, ask them to send their questions to you beforehand. Maybe that could be one strategy. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying do it. I said, you know, could this work? Could this help you? Just saying, well, this is my presentation. These are the key points. Uh, are there any questions? So I can reflect upon them and have my answers ready for when we are. So you're, you're, not, you're managing one part of the Q&A without panicking at that moment. Yeah, and it takes the pressure off. And when, of you, when you read about a lot of, you know, for example, I, I read a lot about um, Forbes articles and Harvard Business Review articles, you know, where you're looking at how to manage teams and how to deal with these situations. The advice is similar. So you think it transcends the language. It is to do with, you know, if someone asks you a really complex question, complicated, you know, it, they catch you off guard. Mm-hmm. Even though you know what your presentation was about, but suddenly they really ask you, "Wow!" Oh. And you're there. Your mind is ticking. It's going at the rate of knots. Now, in our own language, we have coping strategies. We have tools. Suddenly, the words come back to us, and we're just finding ways we can do it. In a second language, is much more difficult. So, we have to kind of prepare ourselves for that. So, how could we do that? And so, it's it's dealing with those moments that you can't always control, but that you can control up to a point. Mm -hmm. Now, in general English, and I hear you, (laughs) but if I'm just chatting to someone, does it really matter if they ask me this complex? You know, the the risk is not as as, as high as when you're in the middle of a presentation, you're trying to convince the board of directors about your, your proposal, and you really don't want to look like a right idiot because you, you can't answer that question. And I guess you have an institutional setting, like with your example of um, offering people to provide the questions early. You have an institutional setting that you can use strategies that you wouldn't have in a general setting. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't <laughs> somebody in the pub say, like, ask you a question. Or you should have asked me earlier so I could have checked it. You can't do that. But um, yeah. I guess there are certain tools you have in a business setting that you don't have in, yeah. in the general world. Exactly. And I mean, you know, the thing is also in a pub, yes, I know people get nervous, but the stakes are not as high, are they? I mean, I don't know. I mean, exactly. you know, I mean, well, if, if someone doesn't quite understand the question, you could sort of say, you know, what do you mean? Or, you know, mm-hmm. could you say it in, in another way? Or I don't quite follow that. What do you mean with that question? We have it all the time. Yeah. You know, even in our own, even if it's our first language, there'll be someone who asks. And, you know, often it's not, I say to my clients, sometimes sometimes it's not about you. Maybe that other person hasn't phrased it in a way that's clear. Yeah, yeah that's another thing. Yeah. Especially if it's a native speaker, it's very possible. Yeah. According to the research, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, that's so cool. I'm gonna, I'm gonna st- st- like jump straight to the next one because um, well, it's quite an interesting one. We were talking about it a little bit earlier. Um, yeah, so I was talking to Chia Swan Chong uh, a couple of weeks ago now, um, and yeah, she said something really interesting to me, and I wanna, I wanna bring this to you as well because uh, I think it's, it's very relevant to what you've been talking about and what you've written about as well, in, in a way is um, she pointed out that the, the business English world is often ahead of the curve, is often ahead of um, the sort of English language teaching world more generally. So 
by that I mean sort of like the English language teaching research and academic stuff where things are discovered and and ideas are put forward and very often as Chia was saying you know the the academic world will come out with something and the business English world would just be like yeah yeah we know we've been doing this for ages um and a a good example of that is English as a lingua franca you know this whole um, phenomenon of people, non-native speakers communicating with non-native speakers. And, um, and that, that sort of became a very big thing in the English teaching sort of academic world, at least. And also it filtered down into the, the, the English teaching world more generally. And that was all starting around 2000. Um, but this whole concept of international communication in the business English world had been quite like a fixed thing for a while at that time. Is it, am I being fair in, in getting those sort of times? And Yeah, I mean, I'm not very good with the timings. You know, yeah, sometimes right. it's, it's interesting because every time I go to conferences and yes, they talk about this linguistic side. I'm just mm. sitting there thinking, okay, this is all beyond me. But then I'm sitting there exactly thinking, so for me, that's kind of logical. Why are we <laughs> talking about this in this sort of academic setting? That's um, So I find surreal sometimes you know sort of mm. detached from reality and scares me sometimes I, I you know mm. I think oh okay I'm you know this is way above me and you know I'm I'm just this little I little think it's person but I'm thinking then I'm thinking to myself why is that groundbreaking when this is <laughs> the way people communicate so yeah. I think I mean with international communication yes business well business all why because we have to communicate if we're going to get this job done, if we need to sell our, our goods to so-and-so, if we need to trade, we've got to somehow communicate. We've got to somehow get to a point where we both understand each other. So having this, ew, you know, I don't care whether I'm going to make that grammar mistake or whether, you know, I, I need to understand you. I need to understand mm-hmm. what's, what's going on. So it does transcend that and it becomes this, let's talk international English, whatever mm-hmm. that is. Mm-hmm. Let's let's speak the language we all understand and forget the I need to speak like a native speaker, which I think has been totally dominated by the ELT industry for too long. Oof, yeah, that's terrible. That that whole thing is still a mess. But we that's another that's, yes, an, that's, that's another, another episode. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I think I think you're right, and I think this this phrase soft skills as well. You know, that's very like that became like de rigueur around 2010 or something. And yeah, again, business, the business English world, or let's call it the business communication world. I prefer that term now um, was already doing this stuff because that's what it kind of consisted of much of the time. Wasn't it? Yeah. But because in business, we need soft skills. Yeah. I mean, think about you're managing a team, leadership skills. That's all soft skills. That's all Mm -hmm. how, how do you, how do you show empathy? How are you an empathetic leader? How are you, you know, so, so for me, it's, you know, when we look at leadership and I was asking my clients, okay, what's, it's empathy, it's listening, it's involving people. It's, and, you know, you look at companies, you're looking hierarchical, uh, you know, um, you look at that, the way there are certain companies that have a different structure. So, you know, you've got this vertical 
horizontal, and, and that's changing so much. And some of my clients who are change in change management, you, you're seeing what's going on, and this is all to do with how you're communicating. Yeah. And that also then will change the way people need to communicate with each other because you've got this hierarchical thing that I can't question my leader because, you know, this is just how it is. You don't question it, but then you move to a different way. Um, and so you, you have to develop the soft skills also with leadership. I mean, you know, how many courses do we have about teaching leadership skills and, you know, the, the, the soft skills that you have to, mm -hmm. to have. And um, yeah, I'd like to call them crucial skills rather than soft because soft feels a bit. It's misleading. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Core, core skills, perhaps. Core skills. I think maybe that it's like, a, it's like um, life skills, right? We're trying to teach, mm. you know, um, school leavers and pre-university the life skills. And I think that is also so, so important in the workplace. Mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's how do you learn your life skills, mm. um, which is a huge area, you know? So, I don't know. It's, it's... I like, yeah, no, I like the shape that everything is sort of become in this conversation this is very like strong emphasis on on getting a task done and doing it well rather than learning grammar or <laughs> logistics vocabulary or <laughs> whatever um i'm going to do a sort of a little quick summary of of my favorite bits of of what you've said so far but before we do that the last question if that's all right with you um three tips can you give three tips for teachers out there, English teachers who have been told to go and just do some business English and that they have no experience with the business world and they have no experience with any business English. So how should they approach their first lesson, which they're probably terrified of doing? Mm. Ask a couple of questions, sit back mm -hmm. and listen to them. Oh, I like that. Just ask questions and listen. Okay. Ask them, what's your business reality? What's your reality? What's happening in your world? What, what's going on? What does it look like your day, your day, your week, your month? What scares you? What are you, ha what are you proud of how you communicate? You know, one of the, I, I'm, I, I focus a lot on reflection. Most of my programs are about mm -hmm. reflecting on how, how they, you, we communicate. And the two questions I always ask, what are you most fearful of? But what are you also most, um, uh, can't find my words now, you're, you're most proud of mm -hmm. when you communicate in English? I want them to celebrate their successes. So for me, if you're a new teacher going into this, don't be scared of them, but... Um, Walk in there, be prepared to listen and learn from them. Because they're the, one, the ones who are going to teach you what the business world is all about. What, the, what they need. You learn what their business context is. Mm -hmm. Who they are communicating with. And then from there, you then can see, how can I help them? Yeah. So... And be curious, be curious about the business world. If you're not curious about it, it's going to be quite hard to retain your interest. So do some reading. I'm not sort of saying go read 
too much. But Forbes is a great place to read about what is going on. What 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 are the, what are the discussions? I'm not talking about going into the nitty gritty of sort of economics or any that's that's hard and boring. But um, you know, when you're looking at about this, for example, there's the Coach Council in Forbes, where they've got great tips. You know, coaching councils, and they 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 talk about you know managing virtual business meetings and you know mm-hmm. how to do that. You know, I take some of these ideas and I think, well, how do I apply them in the context of my clients? So putting that into that English world of, yeah, those are the the challenges. Imagine them in English and how can I help them with that? Um, and I don't know whether I've done two tips. But the- I, it feels like it could be two or it could be seven. It depends how you compartmentalize them. <laughs> For me, for me, my big, my big thing, which is then I changed my core message after many mm-hmm. years, was help them to communicate, not help them to speak better. That's that's it. Yeah, isn't it? Help them to communicate, not speak better. Yeah. Because my my thoughts are: here's the thing. If you want to learn, if you want to run a marathon, or if you want to learn a new skill, playing the guitar, whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You have this wonderful goal there. Think, oh, I've got to do that. And, you know, I want to, to, to achieve that. But if you don't achieve it, because there's that level, I mean, how on earth, how would you feel? Right? Mm-hmm. So, I mean, forget the breaking it all down. But I think, let me use what I have now. And let me build it slowly. So one of the first questions I ask in my reflection program is, let's start from where you are. Let's look at what it is you can do, what it is you find difficult, where are the gaps, and let's work towards filling those gaps. But I want them to go from a position of strength, so a position of abundance, not a position of scarcity, of mm-hmm. I don't have enough English, I don't have enough grammar, I don't have enough words. Now let's look at what you do have. What are you able to do with the language you already have? Then, gradually, you're building their confidence. Because if I can do this little bit with the English I already have, that's going to propel me to think, well, if I can do this, how about if I try this extra little bit? But if we're always going on from the I don't have enough, Mm -hmm. you're going to give up. I really like that a lot. Yeah, because this sort of crisis of confidence is very common. And there's this misconception that you need all the English. <laughs> you just don't. That's great. I'm, if I may, I'm going to recap your, 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 the, the golden nuggets <laughs> from, from the conversation. So um, it, this is great. It's all, uh, to overview it, I'm feeling a very strong sort of communicative um, approach and less less sort of analytical in terms of language. The language is there for communication, not to be studied. So you've got things like uh, what I like to call bridging, which is um, when people are communicating with each other, you can get better by um, confirming that you understood what the other person meant, uh, reformulating your own uh, sentences. Yeah. And, very strong advice, listen and pause. Yeah. So that's, that's one set of um, skills. 
that I think everyone can learn from. Um, yeah, uh, make. I'm just looking at them really quickly. I, I make terrible notes. They're like squiggles. Um, yeah, this whole thing about do what you do anyway. Don't go against your own personality. You don't have to be a different person in English. You don't have to, you, you're not somehow more committed to something because it's in a foreign language. Um, feel free to walk away from stuff or, or minimize your engagement if that's the sort of thing you might do anyway. Um, yeah, cool. If I, if um, I, sorry, yeah, just yeah, before yeah, you yeah, say, if yeah. I can just say also, often I, I need to, we really need to remind our clients, particularly our business professionals, often these are people who are experts in their field, very highly experienced. Mm-hmm. So I like to remind them, you're coming from a position of strength. You have a lot of experience. You have a lot to offer. Don't forget you're speaking, you're doing this all in a second, third, fourth language. Mm-hmm. Be proud and focus on that expertise you have, that experience you have, and that people need it from you. So do that with the English you have. If you need to add a little bit more, great. But your focus is on the fact, on your value. Because too often English makes them feel undervalued. Mm -hmm. And I don't want them to do that. You've got to come from the point of that you have a lot to offer. Yeah. Another point about listening, sorry. Yeah, yeah, sorry, go on, go on, go on, it's good. The key thing, and it's not necessarily just to do with English, it's we often listen to reply, we don't listen to understand. Mm -hmm. So often when we're listening to people, we're busy thinking about our response. Mm -hmm. We're not just sitting back to go, let me try and understand what your problem is, or what your thoughts are, which is a huge need in leadership and managerial skills, how to learn to understand. But it can also be in a general setting, small talk. I want to chat, but if I'm only going to listen because I want to reply, you're not really interested in me, are you? Mm-hmm. I can tell when someone's just talking to me and then they're, they're sitting, they, you can see their brain is whirring mm-hmm. and going, she's waiting or he's waiting to just reply. As opposed to, I want to find out all about you and I want to try and understand. So there's a huge difference in that and people can see it when you really want to understand what they're saying. Yeah. You know. So this is re-emphasizing the listening. Yeah. Yeah, which is great. This is is much undervalued. Yeah. Um, I also find that when when you feel that you're sort of dying in a conversation, um, just asking questions is a great way to get out of that because it just draws the focus on the other person and exactly. you get to listen as well. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Cool. And um, yeah, just apart from that, I found that this, this um, sort of moving away from this concept of business English and, and moving into this business communication or just communication, but in a business setting makes me feel so much more at ease <laughs> about the whole thing. Um, yeah. And finally your, your advice ask, which was basically one piece with lots of little pieces underneath it, which is ask questions and listen. So I'm sensing a theme. 
which is great. I mean, this is the takeaway, right? That, that we, our listeners can get is ask questions and listen. Yes, absolutely. I mean, if we're talking about teachers, if we're talking um, about our learners, then it's reflect on how you communicate, focus on how you communicate, mm-hmm. focus on that, not on wanting to speak more. That's it. Yeah. Communication, not language. Yeah. Yeah. I know they interact, but to simplify it. Great. Okay. Yeah. And the last one I really, really liked is pretty much the very last point you made. Start from a position of abundance. But my, I might title the podcast episode position of abundance. It's just, it sounds so great. And it's, it's very positive way of, of, for our students to start um, whatever they want to do with their English. Yeah. And I, yeah. I mean, I think it's also life skill. Like most of us, mm-hmm. there's so much that we always think about. I don't have enough. I don't have enough. It, whether it is our skills or whether it is money or whether it's, you know, when you think about people always thinking, well, I don't have enough or I don't have enough money. I don't have enough stuff. It, it's that, uh, that whole idea that you, we just don't, you know, it's always scarcity. And so that holds you down because that just thinks, you know, you're constantly comparing yourself to other people. And I see it in myself, you know, you're building your business and you'll be looking at somebody else who's mm. doing much better. Or So there's always that, oh, I'm not good enough. I'm not. And, and that is what, it's what I hear so loud from my clients. I am mm. not good enough because of my English. And yet there they are senior professionals and you're thinking well you're going to let a tool like the English language pull all your you know sort of suck out all your confidence mm-hmm. no 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 it's you know there's there's more you've got that that is just waste a waste of your talent and the value you offer yeah so for me that that's what I'm trying to that's my message to people that you are so much more than a language because language is just a tool absolutely well in for most of our students needs yes yeah yeah and yes yeah it in the business world it really is (laughs) because it's not most people didn't choose it to be this way it's just the way it's ended up so this is just a tool for most people is true um this is great. Let's, let's leave it there. But um, before, we, before we, uh, we finish off, um, where can we find you online? Where can anyone who's interested in working with you on business communication skills find you? Um, yeah. Tell our listeners where to find you. Right. On my, on my website, englishwithatwist.com. I'm also on LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think it's Shanti Kumaraswamy Street. I also work, well, I, I do, um, I'm also on Instagram and Facebook, but my, my, my areas are Instagram and, um, and oh, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. If people are interested, they can first and foremost, I have a free mini course um, to join my email list because then I, they receive my newsletters. And it's three strategies on how, what you can, how you can implement those strategies to start communicating. Ooh, a free email course. Yeah, that's, yeah. That, that'll it's tempt a, some people, I think. Yeah, and, um, but yeah, and I also write regularly social, uh, mic, social media micro posts. 
mm-hmm. twice a week on LinkedIn and on Instagram. And they're just micro posts about different things about mm-hmm. communication. Uh, so, yeah, so the, but the main part is EnglishWithTwist.com. Join okay. my community. See whether you like the posts and the newsletters that I share. I like it, yeah. Build the community. And, okay, so the free email course is available on EnglishWithTwist.com. Yes. Cool. You can sign up and then get it. Good place to start, I think. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Great. Well, that's so fantastic. Thank you so much. Really, really thank you very much, Santi, for, for this enlightening talk. It's really set me at ease with the whole business English thing. <laughs> no, thank you so much, Gabriel, because I really enjoyed your questions. There were moments when I panicked, thinking, you oh, know, how am I going to answer them? But no, thank you so much also for giving me the time and the Always, um, always. Cool. Well, that's it. Yeah. Well, thanks so much. And yeah, see you in the future. Yeah. <laughs> Look forward to it. Okay, there we have it. Uh, yeah, there's not much to add, really. Um, I think the key takeaways here were just learn how to listen more. Um, listening is incredibly useful and will build your relationship with the person you're speaking to, especially if you ask them questions. And also always remember that the problems you might think you have in English may not be because of your English. This might just be something that um, is, is part, is a sort of thing you have issues with in the real world. Um, it might also be uh, something that's a problem with the other person you're speaking to. So when you're dealing with situations in English, always remember that uh, it might not be your language skills that are the problem there. Check that first. And finally, I think the very big, beautiful, lovely, excellent, wonderful, fantastic, fabulous takeaway, marvellous even, uh, from today's uh, conversation is uh, start from a place of abundance. Remember what you have, remember what you're good at and use that to get further and to improve and to get what you want um, in the future. Don't freak out and panic about, oh, I don't have enough, I don't have enough, I don't have enough. Look at what you have, build from there. All right, cool. I'm going to leave you alone to do whatever crazy stuff you're going to do next. And uh, yeah, I'll talk to you next time. Thank you.